0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races A to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited National on gambling support line 800-522-4700
1: The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest.
2: racing northwest from emerald downs talking thoroughbred racing at our track and uh, we spread it on out a little bit now and then as well joe the vince brune here post the 86th running of the long acres mile with that well the mile is always dramatic but the stretch the last eight the last 16th the last 100 yards of the mile uh those that were here and even those are watching be a monitor. Are going to remember this one for a few reasons, Vince? That was uh, some heavy-duty drama at Emerald Downs on Sunday.
3: All right, Joe. Drama is a good word for it because it really was uh, dramatic. And Mike Puich warned us that if background one, we would see some drama in the winter circle, <laughs> and we sure did. Uh, Bob Rondo and all his uh, friends and family—boy, did they have a great time! And they teed it up on background. Uh, you know, really fun to see that, uh, just uh, a good old-fashioned race with all the, you could see what it meant to everybody, you know, and Rocco Bowen in tears afterwards, Ugh. just high drama, and, and you know, what a race, Wind Ribbon looked like he was home free when he blew to the lead into the lane, he got a little tired late, great run from him, yes. stretching out for the first time, but background, one of those horses that just grinds away and just keeps coming at you, Rocco and him are a perfect fit, Joe, just Ugh. a perfect fit.
2: What a serious event at Emerald Downs. The 10 race card on Sunday mile day and the distaff as well. We'll talk about that. But let's listen to Tom Harris's call of the 86th Long Acres Mile.
4: Just over a quarter mile away. And Papa's golden boy at the inside with just a nose in front. Any port in a storm is right there. Wind ribbon is gearing up from the outside. Background is called on as well and they head down the stretch in the mile, and Wind Ribbon lays claim to the lead. In deep stretch, it's Wind Ribbon. Here comes background flying on the outside, and background just up. Yeah,
2: as you mentioned, Vince, uh, background had some work to do. Uh, Mike Puich joined us on our podcast last week, and and uh, if you have asked him leading up to the race, he's going to be pretty darn close early. He's got uh, tactical speed. He can use it early. Uh, he's very versatile. He's rateable. And uh, I think that's, in the end, why he went off as the two-to-one favorite. Of course, all the Bob Rondo uh, popularity as well, and and his friends and Husky fans coming on out on Sunday. But nonetheless, Wind Ribbon had so much momentum, seemingly, when he went by uh, Papa's Golden Boy, and any port in a storm. It looked like all he had to do was coast in. That was what was in my mind uh, inside the three sixteen Well, pool.
3: and I think the fact that he had never routed, we talked about his pretty decent route breeding yes. that he did have. But the fact that he hadn't done it, I think, caught up with him a little bit there in the final furlong. Also, you know, you talked, that kind of looked like the trip background might have gotten we were going on. Yes. In. Everything takes its toll when you lose by a head. You can analyze a lot of things. And hmm. he was up chasing a pretty fast pace wind ribbon. Exactly. And, you know, and so that took just a little bit out of him there too. He was full of run in the top of the lane, like you said. Um, but, but mainly what it was, was background just didn't want to be denied. You know, <laughs> he is a racehorse. And uh, him and Rocco, like Rocco said, they they fight and die together out there. And, and they did. And they just, I could see about five strides out, Joe, that I you really... At that point, I had doubts in mid-stretch, but about four or five strides out, I said, "Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna get him."
2: Oh, I had serious doubts in mid-stretch. Um, background was coming on. I picked him up in the middle of the track, and uh, he was probably, might even have been into third at that point inside the eighth pole. But you know, just not that many withering closers this past week at Emerald Downs. Plus, I'd already etched uh, Wind Ribbon as the winner when he just blew by. The other two, and by the way, Papa's Golden Boy hung on pretty darn He gangly. did. He
3: kept coming back for more, too.
2: But uh, I just had no idea about it. Then, of course, a little bit of Papa's Golden Boy, excuse me, Wind Ribbon Tiring and Background and Grinding with Rocco, and uh, the drama hit the wire, Background on top, officially by a head. Uh, he was some eight lengths behind, close to it on the backstretch. Farther than all realized. But with that seven post, as you saw the first turn, there was about four of them. You know, uh, Papa's Golden Boy and Wind Ribbon circled around the turn pretty well, joined by any port in a storm. But then yeah. there was about four abreast of each other going into that turn. And uh, Five Star General kind of got the worst of that.
3: He did. And he, yeah, he ran a pretty good race 3rd uh, We'll talk yeah. to Sandy about that in a little bit. Uh, one of the surprising moves early was just kind of the way any port in a storm just went and attacked uh papa's golden boy and said you know what you're not going to open up on me here so
2: (laughs) i just couldn't see anybody getting a soft lead just with all the numbers in the race of speed horses and it turned out it was any port in a storm hooking papa's golden boy
3: he did and and um you know vince gibson was right he said if anyone tries to uh, go with us, it's going to be a suicide match. And it and it, it did cost any port in a storm, but it, it also cost Papa's Golden Boy because those second and third quarters, while the first quarter was relatively soft, the second and third, they picked up the pace really fast there, and that took a toll. Papa's Golden Boy, fine run from him, oh. I thought, you know. And you yeah. could see the determination on him in mid-stretch where he was clearly tired, uh, but just kept fighting back, so uh, nothing to be ashamed of there. I thought a really nice effort from him. Five Star General showed his class uh, to get up for third, too. So- That's
2: right, he had some work to do, for sure. He was behind background the whole race, and uh, he got up for third, beating a little over two lengths. But uh, yeah, Papa's Golden Boy, once again, the top local horse runs very well in the Long Acres Mile. We've had so many placings, uh, if they haven't won, which uh, not a ton of Washington breeds have won in, in the Long Acres Mile era at Emerald Downs. But uh, again, a really good effort from the top local horse, Papa's Golden Boy, uh, being hooked and just missing third place money. Unmatchable closed very well up the inside. A good move yes, by Javier did. Matias. That's about all he could do when from his position and early.
3: Unmatchable took a lot of late money. Both he and Win Ribbon, Ribbon were hit really late. Win Ribbon was thirty thirty six most of the wagering, Amazing. and uh, the, he really got hammered. And it was smart money because it looked like he was uh, going to win. I got to say one other thing that the time was what one thirty six point six seven. Okay, mm-hmm. we all know that's not fast. You know what's interesting, Joe is. What are maybe the two most exciting miles, certainly since I've been at Emerald Downs? Wasserman, I mean, just in terms of drama in 2008, and background in 2021. Well, what's in a buyer? They've gotten the two lowest buyers in in mile history at Emerald Downs, but yet they were the most exciting races. So, you know, uh, uh, these buyers, we all look at them, let's admit it, but they don't really tell the story all the time, do they?
2: Ever since I was at Long Acres for Gray Pop, uh, Setting a world uh, North American dirt record for six furlongs in 1972 at 107 and one, a record which stood in North America for 16 or 17 years. Uh, you know, it's kind of the times. Wow, they were exciting, and and of course Long Acres and Turf Paradise had the fastest sprint times in North America, and Emerald Downs we've been right in there as well. But I saw the 136.6, but of course with all the other, it didn't even register with me that that was slow because it didn't matter they were all on the same track right it's been a little bit it hasn't been yielding as fast at times. yeah that track
3: i think is a bit tiring right
2: now you know so So. i saw it and it just didn't even register until a couple days later but uh it doesn't really matter again because they're all running equally that's right and uh yeah mike puich mentioned too that uh he was pretty humble in the winter circle. He said, "Hey, this is the Bob and Rocco show." and, and it was. Yeah. And it certainly was. Bob Rondo lots of broadcasting friends down, and husky fans were giving it to him in the winter circle. And just uh, but just the drama of the victory. Of course, they expected to run well. The horse has been a fantastic Miler. He had the leading earnings coming into the race. Yeah. Rocco really wanted to win. Mike impressed us on that. He goes, boy, Rocco really wants to win this race. One, he was coming home first time in three years. He'd won a lot of races here, not the mile, three leading uh, rider titles, so forth. And also the horse got beat ahead in his
3: most recent start yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, that was a tough one.
2: Rocco was kind of blaming blaming himself for that.
3: But I, uh, yeah. And I think part of it too is Rocco's been around the mile here and he knows what it means sure. See, to, to be around it is to understand what it means in terms of prestige. You know, you're nothing around here unless you've won the long acres mile, you know, and, and he, that was an important check on his box oh, to get. You better, and for Bob Rondo, the owner too,
1: you, better you know, it, it.
3: It, it, it's really neat, Joe. And you helped out with that. We got some pretty good publicity, positive publicity around town. People say, wow, you know, Bob Rondo's a big man around. They see, they see what it, that means to him. And it, it, if people understand that our sport is pretty cool, when they see something like that,
2: yeah, and and Bob Rondo, uh, he's going to join us join us uh, next week on the podcast. By the way, horse racing Northwest, um, he has got a really good eye. Yeah, I mean, he grew up with his father, and his father bred quarter horses, then thoroughbreds, and they raced some in Colorado, and they continued their interest. Of course, when Bob moved out here to be a broadcaster. And uh, his dad was co-owner with him on a couple few horses, and Bob learned how to look at a horse, and he's really good at it. Mike Puich and Bob picked that horse out uh, from the Florida sale, Florida bred background, and it just, uh, things have worked out really well. The horse has made pretty close now to $300,000 from a early 2020 purchase, so congratulations to the winners. Wind Ribbon, a huge effort. Kevin Orozco for Blaine Wright, five-star general third. Mario Gutierrez aboard for Sandy Gan, Papa's Golden Boy fourth. Julian Couton for the Gibson, uh, Gibson Barn and the Lusk family. Let's uh, let's listen to the other stake, which has been run twenty-six consecutive years on Mile Day at Emerald Downs, the
4: Emerald Distaff. They round the turn and run for home in the Distaff. And Galilea trying to fend off the challenges. Princess of Cairo is right there, center of the racetrack, compelling smile chasing. But out front, Princess of Cairo opens up to win the distaff.
2: Princess of Cairo by four lengths. Uh, boy, she left no doubt in that final eighth of a mile. Mario Gutierrez up for Sandy Gann, who's going to join us on Horse Racing Northwest today. And the horse owned by Dr. Mark DiDomenico and Glenn Todd of the North American Thoroughbred Horse Company, the
3: horse, the filly, is now two for two at Emerald Downs. She loves this track, yeah. and she's, you know, in her in her two races here. Well, last year she beat uh, um, Daffodil Sweet, Daffodil Sweet, who was our top three-year-old filly, and mm-hmm. won convincingly. And this year. She wins by four, and a very powerful effort, and the time there was good, 142, I think, 0. .69. Mm-hmm. Horse came back with an 87 buyer, which is a career high. I Higher think. than the mile, huh? Higher than the mile, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that horse, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to Sandy. She said some things to you in the winter circle about, you know, the inconsistency a little bit of this horse, but the talent is definitely there. Uh, one back thing on the mile, back getting back the mile, yeah, But like, apparently backgrounds up at Pegasus will get a little R&R now and uh, freshen him up. Mike said he's had nothing but tough races all year and has earned a break. And uh, they'll kind of look at the same schedule next year, beginning at Oaklawn. And he did say the horse breezed one time on the turf at Arlington. And, and with being by Kozan that there might be some possibilities there. They'd like to at least try it once. Uh, I'm selfishly kind of hoping we get the horse back here next sure year you too. Kidding. You know, yeah. but he, he might, he might still have some improving. He's, you know, he's four, so it's possible.
2: Oh, yeah definitely. And just, uh, the race pattern. Well, he's usually closer, but he got the job done. And Princess of Cairo by four over Compelling Smile, ridden by Rocco Bowen. Four trainer, Mike Puich, a uh, really good second by her. And Galiletta ran a big race up front, sure 27 did. to one.
3: She tried to steal it She and did. she, she held, held on for a very good third. Yeah. And congratulations to Dr. DiDomenico. Uh, co-owner of uh, the first and second place horse in the, uh, in the distaff there. So big run by both of those.
2: Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, Bob and Molly Rondo are co-owners as well of compelling smile. So they had a win in a second on Sunday, horses in from the Midwest. Uh, Daffodil sweet was the one puzzler. I uh, saw Jody Peets just very briefly after the race and she just kind of threw her hands up. It was an unexpected yeah. effort from her as the favorite Daffodil sweet. Uh, Just uh, one of those days where um, she was the high weight by several pounds over the rest. Well, two pounds over Killarney last, three over getting sideways, and actually four to Princess of Cairo. That didn't help her cause, but we know she's better than that.
3: She is, and that was uh, a puzzler there because it looked like she was going to try to stalk the long shot Galiletta. Then at the end of the lane, though, she just came up empty on Sunday. It happens, Joe. It's just, it's... (laughs) A very tough game, and that's why you see the winners are so thrilled and excited and relieved, and just it's great when everything goes right.
2: The Emerald Distaff on Mile Day, Princess of Cairo, now 2-2 to at this track. She is a Kentucky bred by Cairo Prince out of an Indian Charlie mare and was coming off a third up at Hastings about a month ago. Okay, well, weekly honors. We try and uh, spread those out quite a bit. So if if it's just not mile all the way down the line sometimes or the stakes winners uh, or jockey. If the jockeys had three big weeks in a row, we're going to try and spread that out as well. The jockey of the week. Anyway, that's that. You can tell us who won last week, Vince.
3: Yeah, since Rocco Bowen won't be around, we like to usually award it to someone who will be. So James Wooten Jr., a uh, veteran rider in the Northwest, had a pretty good meet at Grants Pass. He got his first win of the meet, so yeah. he will be our Jockey of the Week. Nice job by James. Mike Puich, uh, f- uh, first in the mile, a second in the Distaff, so he is our Trainer of the Week. You said it, Joe, uh, Giddy Up Stables, Bob and Molly Rondo, a win with background and a second with compelling smile. Pretty easy choice there as Owner yeah. of the Week. The Washington Bread of the Week, Judicial, uh, bred by Griffin Place, becomes uh, joins Bella's back as the only two four-time winners at the meet with a victory last weekend. So Judicial, our Washington Bread of the Week, and our Exercise rider of the Week, Byron Rodriguez. How about this? Regular Exercise rider for both background and Princess of Cairo. Jeez, that's a, <laughs> yeah, he, he's
2: got the slam dunk. He did a great job. Getting, he might
3: have gotten a nice little tip last week. I guess.
2: Nice work there. Okay, there's the weekly honors for Mile Week at Emerald Downs. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday racing. That'll be our schedule again this week at the track. I'm going to be calling the races on Thursday night. You know, Tom Harris, uh, he didn't sound great Saturday night at the races and just was a little under the weather Sunday. Uh, he's going to take Thursday off, stay home, and come out for the weekend Saturday and Sunday. So I'm going to call the races on Thursday night at Emerald Downs. More than one race. Vince, uh, we're going to get you in there as well. So I appreciate a little bit of that pinch hitting for, uh, for my regard. But uh, you've called a lot of races this year as well. So uh, You know,
3: uh, something about the, Tom's been kind of unlucky in the mile. You know, we had the incident two years ago where you ended up calling the great race with Annie Portnist Storm and Law Abiding Citizen. And like you said, on mile day, Tom was a little bit off. You could yeah. see it early on, even on Handicapper's Corner. So, you know, Tom does that long drive every week, which I just can't imagine doing, but he enjoys it, actually. So, well, let's hope Tom gets well.
2: Yeah, and uh, we do expect him back for the weekend. It's a Wiener Dog Sunday at Emerald Downs, so we'll have a good crowd. And we also have four stakes races this Sunday at the track. Vince, let's talk about
3: those. Yes, sir, Joe. We go with the two-year-olds, and we also with our big quarter horse day. So race seven on Sunday, August 22nd, will be two-year-old Colts and Geldings in the WTBOA Lad Stakes at six and a half furlongs. They just drew the race, and from the rail out is firing pin, thunder music, a view from above, check the gear, Sergeant Klein, Cobra Jet, who we all know well from the big stakes win, and... Decimate is a $5,000 supplement into the race by uh, Howard Belvoir. So uh, seven in the lads. And then race eight is the Barbara Shinpo, two-year-old Phillies, also six and a half furlongs. Joe, would you believe Akasi drew the rail again? Did she really? Three for three now, yeah. So she's the one. Smiling Salsa, two. Golden Glitter, who will probably be the favorite, three. Quran four. Taisha Waits You, five. Cadillac Margarita, six. Hell's Crossing, a first-time starter, will be Seven. Tiffany 8, and another supplement here, number 9, is We Got to Drinking, a $5,000 supplement for Jennifer Nunley and Carbon River Racing. We begin with Quarter Horses, the, the two-year-olds in the John Deere Juvenile Challenge. We had the trials a couple weeks ago from the rail out here, is Empowered to Prosper, Eagle Assault, Uncle Shine, Sonora's Death Row, Apollinaria Prize, who I believe was the fastest qualifier, set mm-hmm. the scene like to boss, leaving Angels and CM Rosie at the bar. And then race 3 is the Bank of America Emerald Downs Championship Challenge, the 10th running of that. From the rail out, Saber's da- Sables dashing, excuse me, defending champion CM Boomshakalaka draws the 2. Thrill of the Cartel, Dr. Tool, Doctor Dr. Tool, D.F. Stormtails, C.M. Once in a Blue Moon, who won the uh, 870 race here last year, L. Bardi, Genuine Red, Arizona favorite, and on the outside is LaDonna. So four stakes on Sunday.
2: Hey, great racing. August 22nd at Emerald Downs. First race, 230. Wiener Dogs and four stakes races the two-year-old races have drawn well those will be great betting events that decimate from howard belvoir's barn yeah. just a super impressive juvenile winner and of course cobra jet is two for two and
3: uh, he'll be the favorite and check the gears in there that chris stensley horse oh uh, yeah from a couple of weeks back got right. a big number and a view from above from k cooper was-, was also super impressive so that might not be the slam dunk for Cobra Jet yeah. that the last one was.
2: What are the distances of those races? Six
3: and a half, Both, which for okay. a two-year-old can be a little bit of an equalizer. You, you know, that's that's farther than these have run. So yep, those races are going to be interesting, Joe. And, and as you mentioned, pretty good fuel size.
2: Excellent. That's uh, Sunday at Emerald Downs. And the following Sunday, we've got the Oaks, and the Derby for the three-year-old divisions. That'll be August so the, 29th. The
3: mile's over, but the stakes are still going yeah, strong.
2: You bet. And Washington Cup, of course, in September. We're going to go to a Saturday-Sunday schedule in September. Uh, news and notes updated at emeralddowns.com. Check that out. Uh, you can
3: spend several minutes on that. Uh, one, one word about that, Joe. This week's edition is not out yet. I'll have okay. that up there tomorrow morning. Excellent. Good, and, good uh, to know. Yeah, and... Uh, gives us time to include the stakes fields for this week and a little quick rest and recovery after the mile. So we'll we'll have those up tomorrow. You bet.
2: Okay. So that uh, is a segment. Sandy Gann, trainer, winner of the Emerald Distaff and third in the mile. She's going to join us next on Horse Racing Northwest.
0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com bet that's number one st.com bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an ExpressBet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700
2: Horse Racing Northwest continues. Host Long Acres Mile Week at Emerald Downs. Again, we previewed what's coming up this week, but uh, we're going to take it back to last week and before, even. Maybe a little bit of future talk. But trainer Sandy Gann is joining us here in the TV room. Joe with the Vince Brune, and Sandy Gann. Sandy, welcome. Thank you, Joe. How you doing? Sandy, uh, never, Vince is a real holler gal, you know, jumping all around doing cartwheels or anything. Just, uh, you know, win or lose, you really couldn't tell with her. And she's kind of Stoic. like that now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you got to be pretty proud and happy of the events of last weekend.
5: Yeah, I, I'm really proud of Princess. She ran huge. And, you know, and first general ran a fantastic race. We got in trouble. So that was a little disappointing to think he didn't have a Really good chance, but he still ran, ran very well.
2: Yeah, you know, he had the eight post, and uh, we talked earlier how Papa's Golden Boy and Wind Ribbon got around there, and any port in a storm got over, but there was still about four more horses of which you were one lined up, and you kind of got the worst of it being the outside one of that grouping and uh, lost a couple lengths right there.
5: Yeah, he got shuffled back pretty good, and if you look, he he was further back behind winner
2: mm-hmm.
5: at the three-quarter pole than what he lost by okay so.
2: yeah no he was behind background the whole way uh and uh he gallantly got up for third which uh you had to be proud of because it was uh, victory didn't seem too possible actually for either one of those two horses at the quarter pole but uh they All both right. ran on well so uh Hey, you're a, a trainer for Glenn Todd and let's, let's go back. Uh, if you want to talk about the mile a little more? We can, of course, but uh, Sandy has got a lot of history in this state and all around the West. Let's let's talk about your beginnings in thoroughbred racing a little bit. Uh, did you, were you a whor- around horses growing up?
5: Yeah, I was never around the racetrack, but we had horses, you know, since I was, I think I got pictures of being on the back of a horse with my dad when I was about two <laughs> and, uh, so I just, you know, was raised with horses. And I, I didn't start riding until I was in my 20s. Wow. And uh, just,
2: Of course, you rode plenty of times at the
3: farm and everything. Yeah,
5: but... and, yeah, I didn't start riding on the track yeah. until my 20s. And, yeah, and I rode did, my whole life. Where did you grow up at? Where was and, it? This was in Montana. Oh, Montana. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's where I started riding is the Montana fairs, the bushes. So I got a very good education right off the bat.
2: <laughs> yeah. So no fear of horses growing up, being around them from such an early age?
5: No, you know, I just, you know, I I broke my first horse, you know, pay horse when I was 13. It was a five-year-old Arab stud, but he was very gentle. But so, you know, I had, you know, we raised horses. And so, you know, had a lot of hands-on experience, you know, from the start to finish. So I didn't just go out there and get on horses. I had to do it all.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that that helps the the whole developmental process. Um, and Sandy, uh, you didn't start riding until you were in your 20s. Now, how did that come to pass?
5: Well, I was 10 and bar. And of course, you know, I loved horses. I, yeah. My dream was to actually be an Olympic eth- equestrian, but, you know, that takes like, from where I come from, that wasn't <laughs> possible. But, um, yeah, I was standing at a bar, and there was this little old man that came in. His name was Willie Couture that he rode in the 40s. And he and his wife, and I knew him from town, he would always come in and visit me, and, you know, and we talked about the racing and stuff, and he said, you should be a jockey, you should be a jockey. And I said, like, I don't know, anything." But So he came in one day, and he said, uh, Bob Varner's looking for a rider. You got to go down and see him. I'm like, well, I don't know how to gallop a horse. He said, well, just go talk to him. So I went down there and talked to him, at quarter horses, and uh, he wanted his own rider, he, you know, he didn't trust the riders, and so, you know, I told him, I'd, you know, I'd like to learn, but I didn't know, well, we'll teach you. So he taught me all right. He legged me up on a horse and said, Go. <laughs> I didn't even know how to gallop when I rode my first race. Wow. Barely. I hadn't galloped a 100 head of horses and they stuck you me just in the gate.
2: Let them fly in those little short sprints, huh?
5: Yeah. Well, the pony Girls tell me how to take a cross on my way to the gate. <laughs> so that's wow. how that's how green i was well you were
3: a quick study because you end up being a leading rider in phoenix i believe right and that was, was a just... few
5: years later a few yeah. years later yeah. yeah
3: and then of course we all remember long acres and you know what's funny about sunday is that you and mike puich go back a long ways and you two are so prominent in both of our biggest races on sunday <laughs> Was. Are you guys competitive that way or i know you're friends of course
5: yeah we root for each other but you know i i want to beat him too mm-hmm. i mean i was hoping we'd run one two and both of them We came very close yes. and and uh i'd have just prefer to be the one but uh, yeah. nonetheless yeah i'd fully support him and of course bob rondo is a great guy too but yeah mike and i go back to the long acres
2: you bet in fact 1992 you had a heck of a final long acres year and won a bunch of races for mike that
0: year
5: yeah we had that was probably that was the most fun meet that i've ever had i honestly say that i loved long acres and yeah that was a great time they
2: did really well together that year 92 and um yeah mike put you on a lot of good horses uh Sandy had the trust of a lot of horsemen. She had those really great hands as a jockey, you know. I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard that compliment before, but yeah, and sitting quietly on a horse, not getting in the horse's way, are those some of the things you've heard as as compliments?
5: Yeah, you know, and they, you know, the thing is, I I didn't. That's something you just you you can't really teach. It's just something you you pick up. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, just the fact that I had ridden horses and kind of had you know some first-hand experience with horses in general helped me with that getting along with them
3: yeah Uh, how about the transition into into training was when you were riding did you think that's something you wanted to do looking ahead
5: no i really didn't because i knew i knew myself i knew that you know if i trained that was a full-time job and i really i do like to do a lot of other things but no, as soon as I trained, it was seven days a week, and yeah. that, that was it. You knew what you were getting I had no into life it. after that.
3: Well, well, how do you how do you end up with Glenn Todd, which is a great client to have? I mean, Glenn is uh, uh, a huge supporter of this game and a fine horseman himself. But that's that's uh, for someone like him to put his trust in you is how did you two hook up like that?
5: Glenn's fantastic. I love him to death. He uh, I met him. When I, I was working... When I first started training, I, I went to work for Mike and was helping him out when he first took over Pegasus, and I'd hauled some horses up to Canada, and so I met him up there, Well, and then I went back to Phoenix, and then he had a string in California, and he'd sent me... Well, the first horse he sent me was Taylor's Deal, hmm. and we won the Lost in the Fog and then the Turf Paradise Derby yeah. with him, and then... Uh, I think it was either the next year or the year after that, that, uh, Mike had called me and say, Hey, Glenn needs somebody over in California to run his barn. Would you be interested? And I'm like, well, sure. So Glenn called me and hired me on the spot. And so I've been with him ever since. Wow.
2: Yeah. Taylor said Taylor's deal, you know, Troy Taylor training for Glenn for so long. Uh, Taylor said, of course, one 2012 long acres Mm -hmm. mile, but, uh, yeah, that's a that's a fantastic association through Pegasus and uh Glenn. Uh and so you've been training for him for how many years then?
5: Um it's probably been six, eight years. Seven huh? or eight years. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's great. Uh, Sandy is uh, in the business now, and uh, uh after Emerald Downs is over, um well the two horses that ran this weekend, uh Princess of the Princess of Cairo and Five Star General, um, there's no opportunities for them at Hastings, I don't think, the rest of the summer, is there?
5: Not that I, you know, Unless they just extended a... their meet till the yeah. end of September, so I don't know what okay. what conditions they have, if they have anything for them. I don't see anything for them here. Um, I talked to Glenn, and everything's kind of up in the air. He really yeah. doesn't know what uh, what yeah. the plan is. We've had
3: open allowances, too. That's always the possible, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know a I know in Joe interview in the Winter circle after Princess of Cairo's win, you talked about how talented she is, but it sounds like you can be frustrated with her at times too.
5: Well, she, I mean, you see what she can do. I mean, and she trains so effortlessly and, you know, she's got a ton of talent and she showed that. But then she ran some races that were just... Puzzles. Uh Yeah, I mean, headbangers. I mean, you're just like, God, what's wrong with her? And she comes back just perfectly fine, trains... Like a million bucks, and then she'd go out and run another clunker, and it just
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, you had a story on her leading up to the distaff. Uh, she really was sporting some flashy works here at Emerald Downs. I mean, some three really quick ones, and um, you didn't have your regular exercise rider for her. Tell us the story of that.
5: Well, yeah, I do, you know, with three horses, you can't hire a Gallup person, so you know, Troy Grissom was just gracious enough to come help me out, and he had been getting on her. And so I let him work her, and he just loved her. And Mm -hmm. she just, I mean, she would just float out there. I mean, he's just sitting on her, just going for a cruise, and she's just flying,
2: yeah. And uh, we saw those times, I mean, a couple of black letter works leading up to the distaff. So you were plenty confident on her i'm sure but as you said you know sometimes she puzzles you
5: yeah i mean when i i sent her back because i I ran her delmar she didn't run any good but it was on the turf and we thought you know we just said maybe it was the turf Mm -hmm. and then she trained beautifully and you know but she did the same thing in phoenix she did win an allowance race there but it was not impressive i mean she barely hung on to win and where you know the filly that i know she should have just drawn off. So it was still kind of, you know, puzzling what was going on with her. So sent her back to Canada for Glenn. I said, maybe you can figure out something. Well, the first time she runs there, she just stomps and, you know, opens up. And, well, there she is, you know. Well, he runs her back two more times and pff, nothing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh, she's had some big moments, and that has uh, earned her some uh, good paydays and a nice spot in Northwest racing history winning the Oaks and Distaff Double here at Emerald Downs, Princess of Cairo. Yeah, you had, to feel a pr- pril, you had to feel pretty good at the quarter pole when she was coming up the inside. There was a hole there and she was moving.
5: Yeah, she looked really good there. And I just, so when she started to, to kick in, I'm like, okay, she's good now. And then she just drew off and it's, there's our girl. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that was a big day for uh, Glenn Todd winning the Distaff along with Dr. Mark Domenico. And uh, the mile, and that was Mario Gutierrez's first time aboard Princess of Cairo, wasn't it?
5: He rode oh, her at Del Mar. Oh, he rode her at Del mm-hmm. Mar,
2: okay. All right, so and anyway. now uh, five star. Oh,
5: no, I take it back. I'm sorry. No, he didn't. Um, I
3: think it might be the first time he rode her.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think it was Drayden Van Dyke that rode okay. her. okay.
3: Yeah, well, you know, five star general now is a second and a third in the mile, so
5: yeah, yeah. Darn maybe it.
3: bring him back next year and <laughs> check the big box. That's right, he's solid.
2: That's he is for sure. solid, yeah. Uh, so after this meet's over, you're going to head back down to Arizona?
5: Well, that's the plan, but like I said, everything's kind of up in the air. Um, okay, yeah. Even that meet looks fairly unstable.
2: Well, well
3: the, we went through that last year down
5: there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that's right. They didn't start till after well, the January. first of the year. yeah. And COVID's still hanging in there somewhere, too. It's affecting things, but uh, nonetheless... Sandy Gann has her name uh, in the record books as a jockey here at Emerald Downs and as a trainer now, too. So um, congratulations, and, and uh, you've really been a, a really fine part of Washington Racing, Sandy. Well,
5: thank you, Joe.
3: You're welcome. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, nice work.
5: Thanks, Vince.
2: Thanks to Sandy Gann for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. We'll be back with our final segment in a
1: moment. The biggest and best in the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest
2: continues. Thanks to Sandy Gann for joining us. Uh, Just a tremendous jockey over several decades. Uh, Long Acres, Emerald Downs, of course, in Washington, and uh, a lot of racing in California and in Arizona. Uh, Vince, uh, one other thing. The Corgi Show from Emerald Downs, Corgi Day a few weeks back, There was a show on ESPN2 a couple Fridays ago, and it's going to be repeated on the main ESPN network this Saturday at 2.30 hour time after a a soccer match. So, the Corgi show, a half hour show, recapping uh, the Corgi Day at Emerald Downs. If you missed that and want to catch it, it's this Saturday, 2.30 on ESPN. Okay, uh... Big stakes weekend coming up. Those two-year-old races are going to be exciting as we get closer to the Washington Cup and the Godstein Futurity. Uh, We usually do a little bit of just tidbit information here, back and forth segment. Uh, You want to kick her off there?
3: Sure, yeah. Um, We've got a jocks race here Mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time. Um, we begin the week with defending champ Alex Cruz at 58, Julian Couton at 53, and Juan Gutierrez in striking range at 49, and that's kind of news. L- listen to the the championship rider. Here's how many wins they've won by the last several years. In 2020, Alex Cruz, in a shorter meet, was a 20-win winner. Mm-hmm. In 2019, 33 wins separated the top two. In 2018, 38 Jeez. In 2017, Rocco Bowen had a 61 win lead over Kevin wow. Orozco, 2016, 40. 2015, 21. 2014, 32. Got to go well, all the way back to 2013 when Isaiah Enriquez edged Juan, Garce- Juan Gutierrez 101.96 mm-hmm. to have a relatively close race. So that'll be fun to follow down the stretch.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Cruz, winner of the jockey foot race, and the uh, 46 consecutive days is uh, having an outstanding meet. You know, though, on Sunday, the visiting jockeys got the money, as you well know, Vince. Rocco Bowen, second in the distaff, won the mile. Mario Gutierrez won the distaff, third in the mile. Kevin Orozco, third in the distaff, second in the mile. All three of those visitors uh, beat out our local guys. Uh, in on Mile Day at Emerald Downs, so uh, they familiar names here and in the Northwest uh, came back and did well. Vince,
3: okay, we mentioned we got the two big quarter horses races, our two biggest quarter horse races of the meet on Sunday, the Juvenile Challenge and the Championship Challenge for older horses. Well, Friday and Saturday at Ruidoso Downs in New Mexico, which is one of the real hubs of quarter horse racing, they got 30 trials for the three million dollar all-american futurity on labor day so that's 15 trials each day uh 150 horses will compete each day only the five fastest runners on friday and the five fastest on saturday out of 150 that's three percent advanced to the finals
2: tough stuff there it be is on your toes
3: there's a trainer named trey wood who has a horse in all 30 trials so he's going to be, uh, his barn is going to be cooling out oh a lot of horses and getting a lot of them ready. They'll have an assembly line going, the $3 million All-American Futurity. A couple of weeks ago, we had the Hamiltonian for uh, trotters. And the All-American Futurity now coming up for uh, Quarter Horses. I love those kind of events, Joe. They're not thoroughbreds. I'm a big thoroughbred guy. But I love watching the Hamiltonian a couple weeks ago from the Meadowlands. It was a fun card and uh, certainly important to anyone in that industry. And the All-American Futurity, I remember as a kid watching that on Labor Day. It used to be televised. So I got back a long way with that. So I'll be watching some of those uh, trials on Friday and Saturday. And extremely competitive because... The All-American Futurity for quarter-horse people is like the Kentucky Derby for thoroughbred people. And with 150 horses each day trying to make the final, that's extremely competitive.
2: That's, uh, that is that is an overwhelming number. Has it been like that?
3: Pretty much, okay. yeah. It's, it's always been extremely tough to get in. So, uh, you know, and the trials, I think they're only like $8,000 purses, but the outcome and the... T- huh. You're not even looking if you won the race. You're kind of looking at the timer to see how fast they went because you could. There's going to be a lot of winners that are nowhere near making the final race. So more on the mile
2: background is the first Long Acres Mile winner ever to have a previous start at Arlington outside of Chicago. So no mile winner has ever run at Arlington in the previous start before the mile, and he is the third Florida bred to win. A mile at Emerald Downs and sixth overall. throwing Texan in two thousand six. Is it in good in ninety-six, both Florida Breds as well. Then we had three in a real close fashion there in the seventies. Uh U. Whippy, theologist, and always gallant, all Florida Breds winning the mile there between seventy six and seventy nine at Long Acres. Vince?
3: Yeah, and he'll be the only one because Arlington Park, yeah, September twenty fifth right. is is that's it, unless a miracle happens. So uh, uh, that'll be a real, well, I don't even want to talk about it. It's very sad, but uh, great, great note there, Joe. Okay, On uh, we mentioned the WTBOA Lads. Mm-hmm. Howard Belvoir will be in that with a horse he owns, Decimate. Well, Howard has five wins in that race. He's been uh, the dominant trainer. Um, this one is not owned by Rising Star Stable, which is too bad because... Do you realize in the lad stakes they won with so lucky in twenty sixteen, Elliott Bay twenty seventeen, Muncie twenty nineteen, and Dutton twenty twenty.
2: That's amazing.
3: It is amazing. But uh Howard as Howard Owens and trains decimate. He put up five thousand dollars to make him eligible for the race. So obviously, you know, putting up your own money like that tells you all you need to know. And uh, he'll be an interesting one to follow. Howard Belbo with a great record in the lad stakes.
2: That's stupendous. The rising star. That's Howard for the most part, picking out those horses. He got a little help from son uh, Van picking out Barkley back in Kentucky. Uh, Barkley, 10 out of 20 at Emerald Downs and a Long Acres Mile winner. Let's see. The Oaks Distaff double. Princess of Cairo pulled it off. 2020, the Oaks. 2021, the Distaff. It's been done three other times in Emerald Downs history. Stop Shopping Debbie. 2014 and 15, Class Included, 2011 and 12, and Elusive Horizon, 2008 and 9, Princess of Cairo in good company there. Well,
3: that's about it for me this week, Joe, yeah.
2: I've got uh, Harvard Memories. You saw him run second down at Del Mar, just flying at the finish. He's the leading Washington earner. Papa's golden boy could have got it close with a mile victory. He tried, and there's more opportunities for him, but Harvard Memories really having an outstanding three-year-old year. He's a son of Harbor the Gold, and he's just doing great on the grass. He's uh, second. He's up to 126,700 dollars. He's the leading Washington-bred earner here, or in 2021. Let's see at the draw we mentioned post seven or farther out in the mile. Had won 10 of the previous 17. Well, add another one. Background was number 7. So 11 of the past 18 Long Acres Miles. If you got the horse, you can win the race. 11 of the past 18 have won from post 7 or farther out in the Long Acres Mile. And Blaine Wright, Vince, is just doing really well in the mile. Blaine, second this year with Wind Ribbon. He won it last year with another twist of fate. 2019 he had a second and an unplaced horse and in 2018 he ran second and third so that's four straight years he's had a placing
3: in the mile and a couple of those could have gone either way (laughs) that any port in a storm two years ago and wind ribbon that's right that was a great training job to get wind ribbon to perform that well you know he looked like a winner and just got a little bit tired there late but that opens up a a lot of avenues for sea mist racing and blaine Blaine Wright going down the road with uh, that nice calibre. Oh, certainly,
2: yeah. He, he is not that heavily raced in his career either. Hey, uh, for a selection on Thursday, I'm going to go to the fifth race, which is a pretty darn competitive sprint. Six furlongs, uh, three and up. And I'm going to take Lolly Express, who won three races consecutively at Phoenix back in the winter. And two of those were on grass, one on dirt. He can stalk, he can close. Uh, He had a little bit of break there. He went to Prineville in July, got beat by El Alto Ombre. I think you know that horse. He's six for six this year. Mm -hmm. Four wins at Grants Pass, one at Crooked River, one at Tillamook. Anyway, Lolly Express second to El Alto Ombre in July at Prineville. Then he came to Emerald Downs. And ran a big third behind Baltimore, Beacho, and Buckley in a sprint, beating just a length and a half. And he's got Juan Gutierrez aboard on Thursday for trainer Billy Christian. I'm going to go with a little price there uh that's a really competitive seven horse field that uh, extremely
3: competitive and well you know i didn't have that great a day with doing the morning line on sunday Ah. at least the latter half of the card so maybe not count on getting all of that 10 to 1 but it's such a deep race that uh
2: somebody's got to be a price that's right
3: and and it's the kind of races people want to play because you can get a, a Good horse in form, you know, at a good price. For example, Grinder Sparks of Glows dropping to seventy five hundred, and I had to make him nine to two. That's you know, that's he that's as low as he's ever been. So an iron rob's in great form, and a lot of those horses are are on their game. So that'll be uh, certainly the toughest race I think on uh, tomorrow night's card.
2: Okay, let's do some trivia. And uh the question last week was Name name the Long Acres Mile horse to be favored three times in the mile. Three different miles as favorite. Well, most recently, and uh, there's more than one answer, and CJ was outstanding on this. CJ wins. Uh, He got all three of them. CJ got awesome Jim, who was favored three times here at Emerald Downs. Was in the money in all three. Won, of course, over Noosa Beach in 2011. But uh, going back, you know, a little bit of an asterisk on these other two, but they still were part of uh, three favoritisms. They were both part of entries. King's favor in 66, 67, and 68 was an entry each year, but that entry was favored, and of course, he won it in 67. And then 2-20, a really good horse from the early 50s, uh, he was... The four to five favorite by himself in 1949. Then he was part of two favorite entries, and he won in 1950. So King's favorite two and twenty, awesome gem, all favored three times in the Long Acres Mile. C.J. Fantastic research there. Kind of a little bit of a trick question, but nonetheless, we had a few correct responses. You really only needed to get one to be eligible. So this week's trivia question, send your entries to trivia at emeralddowns.com. And Mike Tarlow, he got his uh, Emerald Downs ball cap last week for a previous win. So look me up. I'll get you your prizes. In the previous 16 runnings of the Long Acres Mile, counting this year, name the only favorite to not finish in the top three. The favorite has only been out of the money one time in the last 16 runnings of the Long Acres Mile. Give us that name and uh, you'll be eligible to win. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks to Sandy Gann for joining us. Another eventful week coming up at Emerald Downs. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.